Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 57 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us once again as we begin a new week of our Come Follow Me study. Uh, today we are beginning our study of February the 22nd to February the 28th, covering Doctrine and Covenants, verses eight, <coughs> sections 18 to 19, The Worth of Souls is Great. And today we're going to have a look at the background and context of section 18. Um, there is, well, I mean, to begin with, uh, in both of these sections, there is a great message of repentance. And so don't be surprised if we talk about repentance quite a bit this week, uh, which is great because as we have been taught very often in the past couple of years, particularly since the call of President Russell M. Nelson, uh, repentance is not a scary thing. Repentance is a joyful thing. It is something that all members of the church need to do every single day. Uh, repentance is about changing. Uh, and so as we do uh, look at this um, term and this um, principle of the gospel very much this week, remember that uh, that is the commandment to repent. It is for all and it is for uh, and it is a great blessing to uh, to do so. Now, um, in these two sections, we have some very well-known verses. In section 18, we'll talk about the worth of souls, which is obviously the um, the tagline of this uh, whole week of Come Follow Me study. And then in section 19 as well, there is some very um, unique script verses in there as well, which we'll talk about later in the week. So I hope we're ready for, for a wonderful week once again. Uh, this first section, section 18, if we're looking at the, the context of it, it was given to Oliver Cowdery, initially at the beginning, it's given to Oliver Cowdery himself uh, alone. Uh, and then it seems that later uh, in this revelation, it uh, speaks to David Whitmer. And then later, a bit later on, it talks to uh, the, the future 12 apostles, or I should say 12 disciples. Uh, I'll, read, I'll read a bit from the, um, the Joseph Smith papers or Joseph Smith Revelations um, a historical introduction to this section. Um, it says, quote, Joseph Smith dictated this revelation in Fayette, New York, within the first few days of June 1829. Although the first portion of the revelation is addressed to Oliver Cowdery, the remainder provides direction for Cowdery and David Whitmer jointly, including a call for them to find the Twelve Disciples. The revelation then speaks to an intended future audience for Joseph Smith's revelation, addressing these unidentified twelve disciples. Previous revelations had always addressed the individuals directly involved, as they or a scribe recorded the words Joseph Smith dictated. Close quote. So we see here that this revelation is the beginning of what a pattern would be in the future. Up to this point, revelations that have been received, as we know, were usually given to direct individuals, uh, disregarding Doctrine and Covenants section 1, which of course was given still a couple of years after this anyway. Um, chronologically, all the revelations that have been given thus far were to specific individuals, such as Martin Harris or Oliver Cowdery or Joseph Smith Sr., Joseph Knight, and the list goes on. Um, this revelation, whilst it does begin directly to Oliver Cowdery and then to Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer, um, it does move into a realm where it's actually direction for a wider audience. Uh, and this is the the future um, 12, dis- 12, apostle, 12 disciples. Now, uh, obviously, we in terms of placing this revelation, this was actually given before uh, the, fir- the, the three witnesses had their experience. 
this was given um, before the finishing of the translation of the Book of Mormon. What we see here is the Lord providing a a stepping stone or a or a beginning of a process for these individuals to start thinking about this really important aspect of the church organization. The church is being organized, and it has been. Uh, really since Joseph Smith's first vision. But at this moment, we see an invitation to Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer to start considering individuals who would make up these 12 disciples. Obviously, Oliver Cowdery will be aware of the who what these 12 disciples are, because a few weeks previously, um, in fact, we'll, we'll have a read of this uh, from the actual um, Joseph Smith papers analysis, uh, it says, quote, just weeks earlier, Cowdery had recorded from Joseph Smith's translation from the plates an account of Jesus Christ choosing 12 Nephite disciples and calling them to lead the church that he established. The revelation featured here then describes the duties of 12 leaders yet to be selected using terminology similar to the Book of Mormon manuscript, including the responsibilities to preach, baptize and ordain priests and teachers to declare my gospel according to the power of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. While the Book of Mormon uses disciples and apostles, distinguishing the 12 disciples in America and the 12 apostles in Jerusalem, the terms seem to refer to comparable offices. The Revelation uses the term disciple to describe the calling of the 12, but it is unclear whether in 1829, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery thought the terms disciple and apostle as interchangeable as they did later. Close quote. Now, as we know, um, or those of us that are vaguely familiar with church history now, uh, these 12 disciples are not actually called until 1835, six years later after this revelation was given to Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer. There will, there will be a number of reasons for this. I mean, first of all, the church hasn't even been organised at this stage. And if you remember, um, when the church was organised in 1830, there was only six members. So it's hardly, um, you know expected that the church that the church would have 12 disciples when it was first organized but when it reached a stage that it was required uh, to do so when church membership and the numbers of membership and the spread of the branches of the church as well uh, reached a point where it was impossible for a select few individuals to lead and guide these then it was the time and also when there was enough members to choose from to be able to identify these 12 people who would hold this really elect or this really um I hesitate to use the word importance, but maybe influential calling or necessary calling. Uh, then at that time, they, they were called and that was uh, it is elected by the Lord or the, the names of these 12 individuals were revealed in 1835. Uh, this does happen soon after Zion's camp, of course, and we'll talk about more, more about that in future. But we'll talk about why that possibly had to happen at that time rather than any time earlier. And here we recognise that the Lord does give us directions and commandments, such as to Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer, to locate these 12 disciples. But he allows us the time and the space to be able to do this work, as long as we are, you know, diligent and asking him when that time needs to be. So um, that's, that's, that's kind of the background of what, what, what this revelation is all about. Uh, let's dive in uh, and have a look uh, to begin with, uh, with Doctrine and Covenants section 18 and see what we learn from this section. So to begin with, as we talked about, um, the Lord is speaking to Oliver Cowdery, uh, and he is talking about how in verse 5, Wherefore, if ye shall build up my church upon the foundation of my gospel and my rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So it is here, you know, very early on, 
that we are understanding that there will be a church developed, uh, a church that will follow the principles of Christ and the teachings and organisation that Christ gave. And in verse 6 we read, Behold, the world is ripening in iniquity, and it must needs be that the children of men are stirred up unto repentance, both the Gentiles and also the house of Israel. I think that's an important point, that the Lord is clearly stating here the the wideness of the call to repentance. It isn't just a certain group of people. It isn't just a certain generation. It is all people. House of Israel, the Gentiles, all need to repent. Um, and the world is ripening in, in iniquity. Now, remember, this was in 1829. In 1966, Marion G. Romney said this, quote, Now, the basis for the hope and courage that will keep us from being troubled does not lie in the expectation that enough people will accept and obey the restored gospel to turn aside the oncoming calamities, nor does it depend upon any such contingency. As already indicated, it lies in the assurance that everyone who will accept and obey the restored gospel of Jesus Christ shall reap the promised rewards, and this regardless of what others do. And certain it is that those who receive the blessings will have to prevail against great opposition, for the world in general is not improving, it is ripening in iniquity. Close quote. Now, this, uh, this quote given over 50 years ago uh, still is very much relevant, if not more so today. You can see how the world over time has ripened and ripened over time. And whilst there are many great things happening in the world, there are also many things that are not great happening in the world. But I love these words of Marion G. Romney because it gives us a sense of comfort that whilst things are indeed ripening, as was prophesied and said in uh, section 18, and also by Marion G. Romney in 1966. Um, whilst these things are getting worse, what we should take hope in in the fact is that we are not dependent on the world improving uh, before things get better, but rather we should focus on Christ and help him improve the life, ar the life around us, uh, and then we will be brought through uh, to, to his coming. So we'll stop there uh, because we are, we've met our time, but uh, I cannot wait to dive into um, the the part where David Whitmer is introduced into this section and, and what the Lord says to these two individuals. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do continue to follow the podcast on all the uh, usual places, Facebook, uh, the Church Jesus Christ Study Session Facebook group, and also you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you have any comments or feedback. Thank you for your time, and until we meet again. <laughs>